Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, a show that shares stories to help you become an educated sport card investor and maximize those gains. I am your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card investor and collector, and professional wrestling fan. I gotta say, it is absolutely pouring right here in Indianapolis. It is a good, healthy rain. We got some thunder and lightning going on, so I'm not sure. I can hear it. Even though I got my noise-canceling headphones on, I can still hear it. So you might hear some rain in the background. Maybe not. I've got uh, good people behind the scenes making me sound as good as possible. So that's what's going on. And I actually got caught in it. So I usually, uh, in the morning, I hit the road, get a good, nice run in. And I could see the clouds uh, today becoming dark when I was just about halfway through. So I knew I was going to get hit pretty hard. And I just got absolutely dumped on. And as I was running back and I had like two miles left, I was thinking to myself like, man, this sucks. Like, God, and I was starting to get upset. Then I started to think about today and I started to think about this conversation I was going to have today. And it kind of brightened the spirits a little bit. And I think I had some reflection, which I think reflection is good for everyone at this point in time. And my reflection was the asking while while I was getting rained on, why am I doing this? And I think I early on when we all became, you know, stuck in our homes and isolated, I really felt like it was my obligation first and foremost before I thought about anything was to make sure I was taking care of my own uh, physical health and my mental health. And I, I do that both by running and that's why I run. So that kind of when I had that reflection and thought it really um, kind of eased my mind and it, even though it's still raining, um, you know, I am at peace. So I thought reflection's always good for everybody inside and outside of uh, sports cards. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. I think there is a lot to talk about. Right now, I do not have the bang going. I will plug bang because I want the the good fine people at bang to know that stacking slabs is an advocate of their fine product, specifically star blast. It's heavenly and it keeps me fueled. So bang, shout out to you. But unfortunately, you know, it is early in the morning and I usually reserve my bangs for the afternoon. So I am getting fueled up on some nice coffee, big fan of coffee. I drink it straight up, no filler. You know, I've been a fan my whole life, so always look forward to the coffee in the morning. But I was thinking, I was like, what kind of coffee am I drinking right now? And I actually pulled the bag from downstairs just to bring up so I didn't forget to talk about it. But it is like whole bean that I had to grind up, which I just got a grinder. I've been a ground coffee buyer. I know that's just, I'm a, as a coffee fan and drinker, that's like bad for business. But I finally stepped my game up. And But I realized I'm drinking 365 Everyday Value Organic Pacific Rim Vienna Roast. Everybody in America who drinks coffee has seen this coffee and everyone's like what is this coffee how did this coffee become get everywhere and i think like that was my like thought process as i was looking at it and 
it had me thinking like, it's not a bad coffee. It's just fine. But it's like, you know, why not buy a little nicer coffee? And the reason that this coffee is in everybody's house is because it's being sold through Amazon. And this is the process. So people go to Amazon now to buy everything. We all do this because it's easy, especially I think like quarantine helped validate this for everybody who had used it casually. So Amazon's growing like crazy, but just on the coffee side, it's like, you know, you need toilet paper, whatever you go to Amazon, but coffee, it was like, we've been buying most of our groceries online. So it was all right, coffee. And then this one shows up. It's so easy to hit it in the car. Great user experience. The next thing you know, it it's at your house. And that had me reflecting on just sports cards and what's coming at you in the hobby. And I was thinking about this and I was like, all right, I showed that I did not go out and do my due diligence and try to buy the best coffee ever. I just went to a platform that I knew how to use typed in a button and whatever was easiest for me to consume is what I bought and is at my house. I thought directly about the all with everything happening. There's so much good happening with so much great content, but there is also that portion of the market that there is so much content that's being created and pushed through every day that there are some people whose intentions in creating that hobby is to just try to make quick money, just like a flip and try to capitalize by having different programs or whatever. And that is fine and well if the people behind those operations really have a sound strategy, they've earned the credibility, this and that. But like, I think you just got to be careful just with new things popping up that just you make sure that you are doing your due diligence and you're asking the right questions and you're understanding these picks and people that have packages and stuff. I think the opportunity where people can go sideways on that, where they're leaning too heavily in paying someone for advice or pick, I'm not about that. I think this is all about at the end of the day, it's up to you and you can spend your money how you want. But like, I am all about the aspect of this hobby that it allows me to use my own knowledge and information to my advantage to invest in sports players and see how it grows. I think there is an, a, there is an excitement about attaching myself at a more intimate and deeper level with someone like Jason Tatum here in a couple months and watching this kid play. I love watching sport and I love love studying players and the attachment now that I can have in the investment. I, I watch all the games anyway. So now watching Jason Tatum and it's not just because there's money on the line, but it's just that element of fantasy football, right? Who doesn't get up out of their chair when you've got Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes is dropping back? Like you're invested to see if Tyreek Hill is going to catch that Patrick Mahomes beautifully beautifully tight spiral ball right in the back in the corner of the end zone. You're invested in that moment. And shout out, I got to tell you right now, as I'm saying this, I have not done a good job of this and shame on me, but I want everyone in, on this show to know deep down in my heart of hearts, and I've, I, it's hitting me hard right now, but I think Patrick Mahomes is the best thing in a very, very long time in the NFL. He is just a very, very special talent, and I have not talked about him a lot, and that is my mistake. I share I share my perspective of what I'm buying and what I'm doing, and that usually influences the players that I talk a lot about this show. Patrick Mahomes is someone that I'm not actively talking about because I'm not buying his cards. Obviously, I think I missed the boat a little bit on Mahomes, as majority of people do, but I do want to say that should not lose sight of how great that player is and how much fun it is to watch this kid in the next 10 years. He is just incredible. So shout out to Patrick Mahomes' game. I can't wait to watch you again. 
just be careful, like meet the right people. Like there are so many amazing people out there and everyone, there's a lot of good intention, but just make sure you're doing your due diligence and you're, you're personally in it for the right reasons. And that's because you have passion around the sport. All right. So I keep getting texts from friends, which is so much fun about them getting back into the hobby. And I got a text from my fraternity brother. Shout out Joe Baker, if you're listening. It's so fun to watch people's approaches to re-enter the hobby. Mine was like on the more on the investment side, obviously learning along the way. But he is back in the game buying. He sent me a picture of an, a box of '93 upper deck basketball that he bought, and he was hunting for the Shaq uh, rookie card. So I just that got me in a wormhole, and I was just thinking about all the collectors' choice cards and how. Just those images of all those players, that Scottie Pippen, that Joe Dumars, like all those collector's choice cards, that that was my freaking childhood, like staring at those cards and it got me so itchy, but like it, there's that nostalgic piece that's super fun and I definitely encourage you to go back and just like, there's so many good resources online, just go look at sets, go look at old imagery of these photos because it really if you weren't excited enough about being in the hobby, that really gets you back into it. There was that, I saw the old shots of the score. I think it was Dream Team, those sets with like Bo, Bo Jackson and um, just, man, it's really good stuff. But anyways, it's fun to have new friends reaching out to you or old friends reaching out to you about stuff they're doing. So a big portion of what I want to talk about here is covering a lot of ground up front. There's just a lot to talk about in the hobby. I'm telling you, there's a lot. But I got my PSA returns back this week and I put a video up and I got so many questions and some people were questioning me, which is fine. I have a hug your haters approach. Like I'm like, if you really think I'm creating content right now to like make PSA look good, like, come on, like I'm trying to be as real as possible. So basically, I became a gold member. I went through the process. I've posted videos on my TikTok about the process. Like there are several videos on there about my experience. I tried to document it. So go back and look at those videos if you want specifics. But I became a gold member. With that, there's six vouchers. I immediately executed my vouchers and I followed the process. It took 37 business days to to uh, get back to me, which was incredible. I was not expecting that. It was awesome experience. I really liked the tracking, the communication, everything about my PSA experience was very, very good for a first experience. So as this was my first experience, there's a lot of questions about, is this just because that's your first order and your service levels? And there's all these questions, and which is good. And I'm trying to investigate and figure these things out. But what I can tell you that I have other orders in there and they're bulk orders and they haven't moved out of research and ID in a month. And so I obviously know there's issues and problems. My first package went through swimmingly and it was a good experience. So that portion I will say about PSA right now, from me, from my perspective, I don't want to dump on PSA because obviously we all love their cards. We all want their cards, but that was a good experience. Now on the flip side of it, on the flip side of it, we all got an email this week from Steve Sloan and PSA, I got to give it to them. They do a pretty good job of giving updates. It is definitely big company feel, which you have to be when you're at that level and there's so much money on the line and this and that, and you're publicly traded. But they you know, sent an email and the basic premise of the email is 
I read it. These were my two primary takeaways. So the first takeaway, or I guess the overarching theme was COVID, backup, high demand. You got it. So in the note, the two takeaways are, one, Steve Sloan says, because the value service level has been flooding the gates, they, and is causing delay and backup, they have to chart, take the cards, I think from, I think they're around 11 or whatever to now $15 a card. I think it's 12 after 100. But so they're increasing the rates to try to stabilize the situation. So let that sink in for a little bit. And then, but before they he talked about that, he let it be known that they were very, very focused on hiring and getting more people in to satisfy this demand. And there's a big hiring campaign and this and that. Okay, so I literally read that situation and I will share this with you all. I let this influence the show and try not to talk about what I do professionally, but I'm very focused on these types of problems in my job. It's a different situation where my job is a subscription-based software that I am promoting, selling, and, and, and is being serviced as opposed to tangible product like a sports card, but take that into consideration. So whenever in business like whenever there is just so much demand, right? You obviously need to f- make sure that you are forecasting that demand based on different dynamics that are happening within your business. And so this was happening before COVID. There was a, Zion was influenced the hobby. There was a lot of attention back on it. More cards, people were going to PSA. And so this was a very, very evident and very, very apparent that this was happening. So like, I feel like from a overall business perspective, that should have been noticed and the hiring process and getting in front of on the hiring process should have taken place more aggressively early. There there was indicators and very big spikes just that were transaction volume on eBay. Just all of these little things that can be detected that's gonna that you know impact your business and would cause you to bring people on. I feel like that was a miss. And obviously I'm not in the business. I don't know the details. And I'm just sharing what how I feel in my perspective as an outsider looking in and also someone who's using their services. So in that, from that, I think they should have been on the hiring. And I think you always have to, when you've got demand, the easiest thing you've got going is people want to say like, oh, go hire a bunch of more salespeople. But you really need to focus in on your service delivery and being able to make sure your customers that are coming in have a great freaking experience and they come back for more because their experience is so good. It's all about the service delivery on the back end and focusing on how to make sure your customer experience and your process is tight from front to back. And once you once you are able to tighten that up, and once you're able to get your repeat customers back through, continue and continue, then you can start expand an expansion. And you, the thing is, is when you start those expansion, those expansion strategies, they just start flowing in. And that's how you grow and scale your business. And But it starts with service. And I feel like PSA really, really dropped the ball on that. And it sucks because we're, we're all paying for it. And we are paying for it, literally. They increase the price of a, their most popular service level. That is directly impacting the customer. So that's what I really am not down with is the fact that based on my read on this situation and their errors on this, that the customer is paying out of pocket for their errors and inability to forecast the situation. Go check out Kyle from Wax Museum. He's got a really good episode on this situation from a different lens. He talks about the private equity company that has 5% of the business that's trying to get the board that's been there forever out. So check that out. 
Another resource, check out Sports Card Investigator on YouTube. You can follow him on social media. I just met Andy this week. He is a former DEA agent. So that is some really, really good perspective. But the guy's been in sports cards forever and he's super nice. And he's got subscribed to his YouTube show. He's got a couple episodes up. And on his episode two, he talks about that process and how he talks about it from the lens of now you really need to look at the cards you're sending in there because that that $4 price difference can count and that can really matter. So I really encourage you to go check out those resources. They touch on this situation. I definitely wanted to touch on it. I just wanted to make everyone know that it's on my mind and that's how I feel. You can follow Stacking Slabs on all the proper social media channels at Stacking Slabs. Instagram is picking up, having a lot of fun. Twitter, man. Facebook, I use it obviously mostly for publishing and TikTok I can see is steadily growing. So definitely shoot me a message. I'd love to chop it up with you. Definitely check me out on those channels. All right, so we also got the giveaway. I can't forget the giveaway. So we've got cards. We've got the Hero Mosaic debut, Seiku Optic, Kobe White debut, Chris Paul Prism, Silver. We've got packs. We've got the this year's Hoops Basketball Hobby Pack, 2019 NFL Prison Cello Packs with the red, white, and blue, Mosaic Cello Pink Camo Prism, and then we added a 2019 Optic Fat Pack. Just go follow me on social subscribe to my stuff you'll be entered say what's up extra points for for saying what's up um i gotta say so i added that optic fat pack so we're gonna talk about football in this episode but i also when i bought that mosaic cello for the giveaway i bought one for myself and i ripped it and i'm coming around on mosaic okay i just like the cards i'm unsure from my own personal investment i did One of the cards I did buy this week, though, actually two of the cards. So I'm like slowly becoming a mosaic mark and I don't even realize it. But I bought two cards this week online that are mosaics. I'm looking at them now. I'm going to share them with you. But anyway, I ripped the cello. It was pretty decent. I got a Roy Hashimura Prism, and I also got a Kevin Durant Silver, which I was just talking about. I put a TikTok video up about Kevin, the Kevin, obviously the Gary V situation, the Kevin Durant card going nuts, everyone talking about it, people still buying it. And I just put up a quick video that basically said like, hey, everybody, don't go buy that card. If you have that card, you should probably think about selling it seriously. But if you want to get in on Kevin Durant, go buy his Optic Silver. Hollow from this year because when he hits the floor with the Nets, like this is the thing. It's it might not be this year, it won't, but it'll be next year. And everyone has this mindset of like buying cards about like what's going to happen in a few months. Yes, that matters, but like you should really be thinking long term. And from my perspective, I had that card, and so I did a quick video with it. But it was funny because I think that the Optic Hollow is a good one to get, obviously. But then I pulled like the Silver Mosaic, so I'm I'm slowly building a stack. Of of Kevin Durant nice Nets cards. I think I might continue that trend just because I'm in deep, but that's the fun part about it. Just kind of by happenstance, I ended up with that, but it, it got me to think like it might not be a bad mindset and strategy. So definitely follow for a chance to uh, get into the getaway. Hopefully you enjoyed the shows from last week. I know the Wednesday conversation, we talked a lot about selling. I am actively selling, so we'll be talking more about selling moving forward. And the insightful chat I had with Aaron from Slab Stocks, I think, you know, I got a lot of feedback and my primary takeaway was much like you all. And that was, it was incredible that 
they were building this platform and building this brand and without investing in picks that they were sharing with the rest of the community and people in their audience. And I think that was cool. It shows how authentic that that team is and what they're trying to do and like really, really smart. So while they might not be investing in football cards or Aaron Rodgers cards because he likes Aaron Rodgers and they're talking about him, he is investing in finding opportunities in sports like soccer, then taking that soccer money and creating business units to talk about soccer within slabs stock. So I think that's super, super smart. And I'm really excited about what they're doing. And I think that really gets me thinking. And there's so many types of shows and so much content out there that I really feel like, you know, the biggest area of uh, differentiation is, you know, yourself and what your mindset. And I think that's what's really cool about creators like Aaron and Slabstocks and so many others. And it really got me my wheel spinning about themes on this show and what I think about. So these are just things that like I really focus on and I think that are important to the hobby. And if you have thoughts on these themes, like I'm always down to, I'm always down to talk about card picks and everything, but like from like a overall hobby perspective, these are the things I think a lot about. These aren't going to be, these are things that I've talked you know, a lot in my shows about, but like persona dynamics. So the, the relationships and how everyone views each other from a collector, investor, and a flipper perspective that all influences buying, selling, and trading that whole, like I could sit here and like share stories about like deep in the weeds on that, like for probably hours and hours. And I'm thinking about ways that I can share that in a different lens. And so more to come on that, but I think that's such a topic and there's so many people have so many ideas on that, that that's one I like to talk about and I'm finding ways to go deeper in. I think it's the the balance between nostalgia and business opportunities. So I view that as ripping packs versus investing in cards. My, my approach is I think you need to do both. That's why I'm back. And it's just finding out how to balance the income to support it in a way that makes you happy. And right now I found that personally, I'm very, very happy happy in the hobby and with what I'm doing. I think turning left when the rest of the market is going right, you hear that in the intro. I think that's back to the don't pay people and just go to the to eBay after they give you their picks and that's all you do. That's lame. Like that is not fun and that's just I don't know. I can't believe people would do that. I hope you don't, but don't do that. Because I think the opportunity is thinking outside the box, and that's my own personal belief system. And ultimately, at the end of it, you know, have fun. You got to have fun with what you're doing. Um, just in the final note I have on just being, vid- I think, being vigilant and paying attention to content out there and people out there and their intention is, I think, like, really, you need to understand the why behind people's perspective. And if you're paying someone, for advice on any topic outside of sports cards or not investments, like understanding the why behind what they're saying will always help kind of shine the light and help get you think if it's worth something you want to be a part of moving forward. So definitely always consider that. Content shout outs. All right. So one of my new favorite YouTube shows, I got to shout him out. Met him via Instagram, creating the type of content I believe in, and I think you all should believe in, and it's Sport Card Analytics. Sports Cards Analytics is the YouTube channel. You can also find them on Instagram under at Sports Cards Analytics. It is Jordan 
he doesn't take it the hobby too seriously. He's able to put satire into his content in a way that makes it entertaining. He knows his stuff. You can tell that right away that he does the work. And he hasn't, in his first two episodes, gone super, super deep in like details on process and stuff from an investment and like tracking perspective. But I know he has those chops based on how we've interacted so far. So I'm really excited about what he's doing. He's got an episode two is on the stimulus checks that might be coming back around and just chatting about that the first time around. And it's really good content and it's stuff that should be top of mind for everyone. So go check out Jordan there. Really good dude. I already top plugged um, Wax Museum on that PSA episode. That's definitely helpful. I already plugged um, the Sports Cards Investor, another helpful episode on that too. Uh, I am excited about what the House of Jordans teams is doing with Card Ladder. I'm very, very excited. I'm so excited that I am having Chris on Friday's episode to talk about House of Jordans, talk about card ladder, talk about cards. He is a OG in the hobby. That team is OG in the hobby for me. I call them OG because they're like the first podcast that I started listening to, and I've listened to them every week. The other funny thing too, and I think they're dynamic, they've got the video and audio thing going. Just so everyone knows, and I I get this question all the time about YouTube. I am going hard right now on the audio side, um, and this is coming from me. I think about these things all the time professionally. I'm coming hard at it from the audio side right now because I want to build my podcast audience, and I'm also very active on social, and one of those social channels is TikTok, right? So my video, I plug it through Instagram, I plug it through TikTok, and sometimes Twitter. So I'm running video outside of YouTube that is primarily driven from TikTok. This is my long form content right now. And like my nuggets are coming from TikTok. So that's working for me right now. I think eventually like getting into a weekly YouTube is something I want to think about. But like I'm very process oriented and detailed when it comes to building brands and building this brand. I need to like maintain my ambition. So I appreciate the feedback on YouTube and what some people tell me all they watch and consume content is YouTube. I understand that. But for now, like TikTok is how I'm going to be using video and YouTube is going to be coming soon. But anyways, I digress. I went into video because the uh, House of Jordans team have good video conversations. But Card Ladder is a new platform that they just released. I just got on it yesterday or the day before. I'm very, very excited about it. So can't wait to talk with uh, Chris on Friday. I will also say, yes, I think Starstock, man, I bought some more cards on that. I think it's super easy. It is, for me, my personal use case with Starstock, I think it's going to be a platform for me to buy a bunch of raw rookie cards of players in mass that I'm taking a little bit of a chance on. So I had Carson Edwards that I bought, I talked about. This week I bought some Jackson Hayes. It's kind of a coin flip on like some of these guys that I might be looking at, but it just seems like keep them there, keep them safe. And if they start to rise, then maybe I do something with them. So definitely, if you haven't already, go check out Starstock. Need to talk about wrestling. Always got to plug my wrestling. I will say, if you are watching wrestling or interested, these next two weeks are starting tonight, baby. 
AEW Firefest. There's two nights of two weekends of action. It is going to be so awesome. They had their go home show. There's so many great matchups, but obviously I've talked about Orange Cassidy. Chris Jericho's amazing. The send off they had for their match on last Wednesday, Cassidy got busted open. It was just so cool. So I'm super excited about that. I think you got best friends who are a great tag team who are also aligned with Orange Cassidy versus Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, baby. I am fired up about that one. They're the car. They're they're loading it up these two weeks. But on the flip side, NXT is building towards two weeks. You've got Adam Cole, baby, who's held the cha- NXT Championship for over a year versus North American Champ Keith Lee, and Keith Lee r- went through. Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor in a three-way to face off against Adam Cole two weeks from or a week from tonight. And there's just those two brands are killing it. So I'm excited about what's happening in the professional wrestling world. All right. So weekly purchases. We got some we got some buys, we got some sells. So here's some buys from me this week. I purchased, I am I think there's times when you, you've got this like this really sweet spot that happens to us all where you've got a low investment, high, mid to high upside guy on one of your favorite teams that you just are so intimate with that team and the players and how the whole thing works because you watch it every day that you just see guys that are way more undervalued than the rest of the market. And I have one of those instances right now. And I've talked about this guy, but now I'm buying up his cards at a more aggressive level. And one of those styles of cards is because of something Aaron from uh, Slabstock said, not on our episode, but another episode about investing in Prism Hyper cards. And so in my guy, I bought two Aaron Holiday Hyper Prism cards, one for five, one for nine. I've got, and I bought a Aaron Holiday Silver Prism Auto for 15 bucks. Okay. So I'm loading up on his silver graded cards right now. I think I've got four and now I'm buying these other ones to get graded and context is everything. And Aaron Holiday is it took him a couple years, but they finally figured out his fit in the system. And it is not the backup point guard for Malcolm Brogdon off the bench immediately. It can be, but it, he, it needs to quickly evolve into that shooting guard, scorer, six-man type role, and they're finding him there. And the kid can ball out. He can score the pill, and that's what matters. Like People pay attention to that in the hobby. Uh, he, he led the Pac-12 in scoring his last year. He he can ball. He's I like him. I like the kid. I think he can play. I followed him very, very closely. I like his game. He's quick. He has a good pedigree. Guy really can fill the ball up for a little dude. There are he's very aggressive around the rim. I just think if the Pacers are in a series that needs scoring off the bench, it's going to, and he's going to see a good opportunity. So I like Aaron Holiday. I bought a, let's see here. I bought a, oh, I haven't got this one yet. I'm going to reserve this because it hasn't come in the mail. You know, I only like to talk about cards I have in hand. I talked about this, but I got a sacred Two more Seiku Silver Prisms for two ninety. I think I mentioned that last week. I got a Seiku Hyper Pink Optic for eight, and I got my cards back from PSA. That wasn't a weekly purchase. So the cards I got back, I hit with a Zion Prism 10. So first card I pulled was a 10. I got a Zion Prism Green at a 9. 
I got a Zion Winter Hoops at a nine, and then I got three cards back that I had minimum grades for that they did not get those minimum grades. And that's okay. Like some of the minimum grades, they were older cards, and they won two older cards, one newer card, and they were Michael Jordan Warp Speed 95, Michael Jordan Scoring Kings Flare Ultra 95, and Jared Stidham Prism card. And my expectation, I wanted a Prism 10 Stidham. Um, and the other ones, the Jordans, I put at, I think, 8.5 or 8.5 eight and they didn't hit. So I got those back and I'm probably going to sell them. So put those up and sell them, get that money and invest in some cards that I want to. So let's see here. The other thing, and I'm going to get into this, but the other thing is I'm thinking a lot about football. I think football is on my mind because it's not on a lot of people's minds. And before we want to start, I want to start my convo on football and some of the things I'm thinking about and buying. I think a good perspective to share is just on the wax market and prices and comparing those prices of a box to a current card that someone could get for at value, slightly over or slightly under. So the contenders box has moved from 350 to $200. Okay. So that box is dropping in price. I talked about ripping a ton of it. Definitely. There's not a lot of outs in it. It's a difficult product. I've given it a lot away to my nephews. It's not something I'm interested in buying again, just because I didn't do well, but that's fine. I paid for the entertainment. It was fine. But even at 200 bucks, I know a lot of people buying contenders right now are breakers, but just like if you are interested in buying a hobby box of that, just compare and contrast that with like getting interested in investing in a player like Lamar Jackson. You can buy a Lamar Jackson PSA 10 rookie select for $150. Looking at it like side by side, $200 on a hobby box of contenders, $150 on a PSA 10 Lamar Jackson select rookie card. That, I don't know, it's pretty clear to me what I would do. But I know I don't talk about this stuff every week to get people not to purchase wax. That's not the intention. The intention is just to get people to think. And I think I share that because when people think about wax prices right now and want to get interested in them, like if they want to buy them, but they know they're expensive, I think it's always important just to compare those prices with a player that could make you some money if you sit on them. And I think Lamar Jackson's going to do that for a lot of people. So that's a good segue into the topic at hand. And that topic is just the NFL and investing in the NFL. So I think I'm going to do episodes on the quarterback position specifically, but this is going to be not about the quarterback. I think I was having a conversation this week past week with my brother about mindset and I go let me run this by you and tell me if you felt this so basically like everybody who's sniffing around NFL right now who's any somewhat aggressive or somewhat serious has already put out the list of all the quarterbacks that are current starters or are potential starters and um, then they then what you're doing and if you're laughing that you've done that it's okay there's plenty of us out there who are doing it too but like we've all gone through the process of basically going through that sheet and being like, all right, first, here are the guys that I actually believe in. Okay. Then it's two, here are the guys that like I believe in and I'm willing to spend some money on. Three, here are the guys that I'm believing, willing to spend money on, and I haven't already missed the boat in yet. So right now, if you're going, I went through that process this past week. And right now, 
It's very difficult. So it basically, I, I got down to the care about and want to spend money on, and I've talked about it. But like those two guys for me are Josh Allen and like Russ Wilson. But like even their prices now, like both of them are like crazy. Like I'm not spending money on Drew Locke. I'm not spending money on Gardner Minshew. I'm thinking about Danny Dimes considering, but like Tom Brady cards are expensive. The whole Mahomes, Jackson, and Kyler like trio. I missed the boat. Like, maybe I didn't miss it if I want to, like, you know, just man up and buy a couple select Lamars and spend 300 I think that's reasonable. But I think there's not a lot of uh, just quarterback opportunities, it just seems. So that's got me thinking, you know, I, I, I was talking with my brother about this, and I just said, like, you know, it's got me thinking of, like, no matter what, like, people are going to be focused on the NFL. I can't be the only one feeling this way. So inevitably, we're going to spend our time and start researching and thinking about the receiver market. And I think the themes of the receiver and the skill guys have come in in almost all of these last episodes. I think Scott had a lot of thoughts around, Scott from Starstock had a lot of thoughts around this in general. But I think it's that mentality that the daily fantasy market is entering this hobby. I think that you can already see relationships between people who talk about cards and people who talk about daily fantasy start to take shape in the market. So there's going to be bleed over. I think the the top position to look at is the guys that are dancing in the end zone, the guys that are first, second round draft picks in your fantasy draft. Everyone's watching red zone. I think like, to be honest with everybody right now, I'm not making uh, like, I I don't want to just say this is what's happening, but like you've heard it. I've heard enough. I've probably heard even more just from conversations that are on this show and just research. I like think that there is endless opportunity right now with being really smart right now with the the wide receiver position in football. I think there will be growth. Look at I know soccer is global and I'm not forecasting like global expansion of the NFL. That is obviously happening at some level, but not like soccer. But what I am saying is I just think there's a lot of growth opportunity in football. And I think with people spending like God knows what amount of money on like Gardner Minshew right now, and I'm not discounting Gardner Minshew, but it's like, man, like Gardner Minshew that much in Jacksonville. I don't know. It really has me thinking that like people are going to want to get in with NFL and the next spot they're going to turn to is the wide receiver. So I think I'm going to talk more about receiver moving forward. And I don't want to talk specifically about guys that everyone knows about. I think you look at like Hopkins, Evans, and Thomas. Those are the top dogs. So I will spend more time breaking them down and breaking down their cards. Just right out of the gates, my initial reaction without even doing any homework on these guys and their cards. I think Hopkins might be a weird year because his contenders and, but like, I think Hopkins, you look at a player like Hopkins and it's like Kyler Murray's like the hottest guy in the hobby. DeAndre Hopkins is ridiculous. Like, legitimately ridiculous like Kyler Murray year two with DeAndre Hopkins man like there's gonna be so much attention on Kyler Murray and his cards like inevitably there's gonna be a trickle effect on Hopkins so like that's the type of thing I'm talking about like you're I'm talking about like I'm talking about like Michael uh Mike Evans is like Tom Brady's guy like I'm talking about that I'm talking about like Michael Thomas being Michael Thomas and the Saints being a very good team and him being one of the best players in the league So I think that matters and people are going to want to put their money into that. But I think like right out of the gates, I think right now, like what I am doing and my recommendation to you, and I'm not saying go like buy these guys or make these decisions, but start thinking like this. I think those, these year two receivers, 
that are really, you can buy their cards really cheap right now. And if this theory of the receiver position taking off happens, then these guys could be guys that you could be prospecting into right now and get some nice returns. So guys that I'm looking at. So one guy at the top of the list is Hollywood Brown. I bought a lot of Hollywood Brown this week. I'm going to share when I get those in hand, I'm going to share my insights on what cards I bought and why I bought them. But like he right now in the last two weeks, his cards are down 30%. You can pick up, I think the average price of his prison was 14. His select was seven. So Hollywood Brown, I know like a few things. What would people say against Hollywood Brown? They would say he is injury prone. He's got injuries. They would say that Lamar Jackson prefers Andrews and that, because the numbers showed that last year. They would say maybe Hollywood Brown's just a home run hitter. Okay. All fair things to say. Why I think why I like Hollywood Brown are these reasons. I think Hollywood Brown does the one thing that matters more in the NFL than anything else. That's run the ball, go deep, catch the pass, and get the touchdown, and hit that home run in one freaking play. Okay? Like Tyreek Hill, come on. Another guy, Tyreek Hill, come on. Like Hollywood Brown in his first NFL game last year caught two of those bombs. Absurd game. Plagued a little bit. But Hollywood Brown is the number one guy, number one receiver on the Baltimore Ravens, okay, with Lamar Jackson. Did you anybody watch the Ravens last year? I know they had a tough out in the playoffs, but they were dominant all season. They ran the freaking ball. Lamar Jackson was insane. Their defense is really good. Hollywood Brown, year two, home run hitter. I just think that's a lot of points. They're going to score a lot of points. He's going to get like 100 targets. Like, so 100 targets, 75, 80 catches, 8 to 10 touchdowns. I mean, that's a guy you certainly want on your fantasy team. That's a guy I want to be investing in. And his prices are nuts. I bought a ton of him this week. I'm going to talk about him. Another guy, and I'm not going to shortchange anyone. I know there's guys like Brown. There's guys I'm going to leave out, but these are just three quick ones. DK Metcalf, down 22% in the last two weeks. $22 prism, $8 select. I mean, situation... DK Metcalf, come on. Russ Wilson, come on. He's going to be feeding this year. He was coming on at the end of last year. This guy is just a beast. And he's got one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL feeding him the pill. Prism's $22 right now, okay? Like, think about this, right? Think if just that card doubles because he's balling out this year. So you put $22 in on a Prism. Let's say you put it in an order and you send it to PSA. So let's say you got about 44 bucks invested in DK Metcalf. That grade comes back at 10. You're telling me that DK Metcalf Prism card is not, that $44 of investment is not going to be worth it. That is going to be doubled. I'm telling you that. And if the receiver thing really takes off, then it could be even more. So I think DK Metcalf's a future star guy you should be looking at. And then just a guy who's just not flashy and he's a silent assassin, but I got to call him out because I just think he's so skilled is Terry McLaurin in Washington. I mean, he was just dumb. Talk about doing a lot with a little, and I got to shout out Terry McLaurin. He's a cathedral high school graduate where I played football in high school. Terry is an Indianapolis kid. My brother-in-law coached him. He is just so much fun to watch on the field and such a good kid. So I'm looking at his cards. There's a lot of opinions on Haskins, but Terry and Haskins, don't forget they played together at Ohio State. So his cards are actually trending upward. They're 170% up in the last two weeks, but still it's Prism's 12 bucks, select six. So these three guys, Hollywood, DK, Terry, I know there's more. I don't, I'm sorry. I just only wanted to call out three, but those three guys, 
if the receiver market is going to go up, these guys are in situations that I think they can continue to thrive. And these are investments that you can be making, I think. This is what I'm going to be spending my time on is better understanding this. But let me know what you think. What do you think about the uh, receiver? Definitely slide into those DMs. I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. Leave that five-star review. I love hearing from you. Take care of yourself. Take care of those around you. We got to be vigilant right now and we got to take care of our house. My brother-in-law said that to me. He's like, you just got to take care of your house. Like, like there are people around you who are going to do what they want to. And I think that's fair. But I think let's take care of our houses. Let's have some consideration for the other people around us. There's easy things we can be doing. There's easy things we can be doing, like putting on a mask walking in stores and it's not about you it's about the people around you and if you want some stacking slab masks i'm thinking about it all right maybe some uh, snapbacks and some masks stacking slabs let me know anyways everyone take it easy happy investing happy collecting talk to you all again real real soon